and lady, youth and maid, give reins to mirth and let not fade the tumult of unceasing joy, nourish laughter, gloom destroy. Hello and welcome to Little Yo Pod, the all things Yosemite podcast. I'm Laura Jackson, and I'm going to be talking funny for this whole episode. Just kidding. I'm Laura Jackson, and on today's episode, I'm going to be taking you on a journey back in time to a 17th century English manor, where pageantry, glitz, and glamour reign with jovial yuletide celebrations and impressive feasts. What does this have to do with Yosemite? Find out on today's episode, where I'll be talking about the famous Bracebridge Dinner, an Awani tradition since the hotel's first Christmas season in 1927. So if you've listened to the last few episodes, you've probably become familiar with the Awani Hotel, where the Bracebridge Dinner takes place in Yosemite. But if not, here is a brief rundown. The Awani Hotel is a luxury hotel that opened in Yosemite in the summer of 1927 in an attempt to attract people of wealth and influence to the park. And with this was the hope that this demographic would help bring the national parks more attention and more money in order to make them um, top travel destinations for families. The idea for the luxury hotel was conceived by National Park Director Stephen Mather and the building of the hotel carried out by the concessionaire at the time, which was called the Yosemite Park and Curry Company. The hotel was a sensation when it opened its doors and was an impressive example of engineering and innovation for the time. While the architecture of the building borrowed from the elements of its natural surroundings to help it harmonize with the landscape, the interior of the building was a splendid collection of arts and crafts from all over the world, giving one the feeling of lodging in a classic English-style country home. In keeping with this theme, the management for the Yosemite Park and Curry Company had an idea for the first coming holiday season. What better way to kick off the Awani's first Christmas than to have a grand holiday pageant complete with costumes, singers, and a full course dinner for a selection of very special guests? The president of the company at the time, Donald Tresseter, and his wife, the lovely Mary Curry Tresseter, loved Christmas and winter sports in particular, so this was already a very special time of year for them. In fact, the original hope for the Awani Hotel was a Christmas Day opening in 1926, but that plan was dashed with delays in construction, so perhaps a big holiday dinner was their way of making up for it. So let's go over the history of the show and the who's who behind it before we dive into what happens the night of the event. Donald Tresseter, the president of the Yosemite Park and Curry Company, hired famed pageant director and writer Garnet Holm to organize the first Bracebridge dinner with Tresseter and Mary, his wife, as Squire and Lady Bracebridge presiding over the festivity. The story goes that Squire and Lady Bracebridge are hosting a medieval yuletide celebration for their guests. So it's basically dinner theater, but with some of the best singers and performers in the country in one of the most magnificent dining rooms in the world. <laughs> the show was conceived of by Tresseter himself and the famous photographer Ansel Adams. Adams originally played the Lord of Misrule, or the Jester, and later uh, went on to play the Major Domo, or the head of household, when he took over directing the show for many years. In the 1930s, Adams hired Eugene and Anne-Marie Fulton from San Francisco to take over the show's musical aspect, and that's when the show took on a whole new life and became more or less the show that is seen today. The Bracebridge Dinner, once known uh, originally for the food and the performances and the elegant decorations, also became known 
known for fine music when Eugene and Anne-Marie came on board. The Fultons assembled an impressive choir of professional singers, and the dinner became so renowned that another show was added in 1956. There was only one show uh, to begin with. A third show added in 1973, and by 2005, there were eight full-fledged Bracebridge dinners on the calendar. The Fultons took over entirely when Ansel Adams retired from the production in 1973. Uh, however, tragically, Eugene Fulton died suddenly from heart failure in 1977, just before that year's production. But the show still went ahead with Anne-Marie, um, his wife, leading the company that year alone. And the following year, Eugene and Anne-Marie's daughter, uh, Andrea, joined the production as director alongside her mother. Now, Andrea is the current director today, and she not only directs the whole program, she also stars in it as the housekeeper, or now the head of the Bracebridge household. Needless to say, Andrea has a lot on her plate, but she has a lot of experience behind her. She's been a part of the Bracebridge Dinner since the age of five when she played a villager in the attending company. So in addition to the speaking parts in the choir um, and the uh, leading roles, there is also an assemblage of costumed villagers or extras that join the performance every year as well. So it's a really big cast. These parts are filled by members of the Yosemite community and include park staff and family members. I love this part of the production. It really makes the dinner feel like an institution that is bound to Yosemite. And honestly, a show of this magnitude and renown probably could not be done anywhere else. The setting itself is a character, not just the Grand Dining Hall and the Awani Hotel, but all of Yosemite. The event sort of does not start when you enter the dining room, it kind of starts when you enter the park. Even the show's main message is centered around the value of nature and the human spirit. Now let's imagine that we are getting ready to attend a Bracebridge dinner. Let's say in this fantasy, and for me it definitely is a fantasy, that you're staying at the Iwani Hotel and there's a fresh blanket of snow covering Yosemite Valley. The Iwani is decorated for the holiday season. There are lights and greenery hugging the entryway and you enter the lobby where you see a massive Christmas tree covered in ornaments and lights. There are lights and trees and boughs and greenery everywhere. Christmas is a really big deal here, and that is a big reason why I love this place so much. The hotel spares no expense when it comes to decking the halls of the Iwani, but you have to start getting ready for dinner, so you go up to your room, and since this is a formal dinner, you have brought your finest evening wear. It's not unusual to see women in designer gowns and men in suits or even tuxedos for this event. It's like a grown-up prom almost. There's even a place to have your portrait taken before the dinner. Actually, one of my favorite things to do during Bracebridge is to go to the Iwani bar and sip a martini while I watch everyone leave the show. I love seeing people all dressed up, especially in the winter. That's the best time of year to get dressed up. This is one of the few places where you will see a full-length fur coat in the coat check, something I don't necessarily agree with, but just screams of decadence. So you're getting ready for the show, you're in your fancy clothes with your fancy jewels, or you have on your fancy tuxedo, and you go down to the Great Lounge to mill around with the other dinner attendees. People are sipping cocktails, and there's a piano player playing Christmas carols, which everyone is encouraged to join in on. I didn't know they did this. Uh, they even hand out sheet music to everyone in the Great Lounge. But when I found out about it, my first reaction was, oh, how humiliating. <laughs> 
But then I thought it sounded just like something that would be done there. I don't know why, but it seems like nothing in Yosemite can ever be too elegant. (laughs) After all, this dinner is not only for the upper echelon of society anymore. Today, anyone can join in the fun. I don't imagine group sing-alongs are typical of fancy dinners, but I have not been to a fancy dinner pretty much ever in my life, so what do I know? (laughs) So after the singing and cocktailing, you will hear a loud trumpeting announcing that the seating is starting. The advice here is to get in line as soon as possible because the seating is first uh, come, first sat. You will um, inevitably be sitting with a lot of strangers or new friends, <laughs> depending on how the dinner goes. So now you check in with the host, you hand over your tickets, and you see it for the first time, Bracebridge Hall, which has been sealed and guarded until now. The dining room is completely transformed into a medieval hall with hanging banners, stained glass facades, candles, candles everywhere. The scenery of a snowy Yosemite through the floor-to-ceiling windows and a buzz of excitement in the air. At the front of the room is an elevated table adorned with flowers and wreaths and beautiful table dressings. Now that is where your squire and Lady Bracebridge take their seats and where much of the performance takes place. So you want to get a seat essentially closest to that area, the front of the room. But the performance actually takes place all over the dining room. So no matter where you are, you're gonna some, something special is going to happen. I hear there's also some uh, audience participation that takes place as well, which could be uh, exciting or horrifying based on your personality type. For me, it'd be horrifying. There is so much color and glitz and detail. It is overwhelming as you take your seat and await what follows next. The dinner. Now, the dinner is a performance all on its own, so this is how it works. It's a full-course dinner with the show taking place between courses so that the kitchen has time to prepare the next course. And there are 300 dishes going out all at once for each course. Now, just imagine the logistics of this. I worked in a dining room once, and the thought of this makes me want to faint. A dinner at Bracebridge Hall consists of seven courses, now it's a full-course meal, and covers just about everything you would expect from a medieval feast, except that you don't have to eat with your hands for this one. So course one is the relish. This is like an appetizer. Course two, the soup course. Course three, the fish course. Course four, the salad course, perhaps a palate cleanser. Course five, the peacock pie. It's not a peacock, but usually a rabbit or some other gamey type of meat. Course six, the boar's head and baron of beef or the red meat dish. And then course seven is dessert, which consists of plum pudding, wassail, and mignardis, or little bite-sized confections. Each of the courses are announced by a giant, uh, I don't know, it's like a representation of what the course is supposed to be. Like, there's a giant peacock on a platter for the peacock pie. Um, There's a big replica of a rainbow trout for the fish course. Uh, These are props, of course, and uh, they are carried in on trays by four men on each side, so I imagine they're pretty heavy. But I think they mark nice little chapters between the courses. Now, I guess this meal would sound good to some, probably most people. It's not my kind of cuisine. I lean more toward the vegetarian persuasion. But I think they also make accommodations for people with food restrictions and allergies if you contact them in advance. And that brings us to attending a Bracebridge dinner. Like everything in Yosemite, this takes some planning. Reservations to stay in the park are often booked a year in advance, and the dinner starts booking nine months ahead. And be prepared to drop $320 per person for the dinner alone. Now, this is just the starting price. It does not include lodging or anything else. The final cost for everything uh, ends up being upwards of $1,000 per person if you go with the package deals. 
I mean, it is definitely an investment for most people, but is considered one of, if not the finest holiday tradition in all of the national parks, and is certainly among the most extravagant holiday dinners in the country. For most of us, it is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to escape to a bygone era when Yuletide feasts took place in elegant dining halls and food and drink flowed freely. Well, not freely. Drinks are still extra. I think what I like most about this event is that it has maintained the spirit of the show for so long. It seems like most things that fall under the control of big businesses seem to get changed or altered over time to suit, oh, I don't know, money. (laughs) But Bracebridge stays the same year after year. The same people bring the same level of enthusiasm to it every holiday season. The Bracebridge dinner has become a treasured part of the Yosemite story. Now, I know the holiday season looks very different for all of us this year. We have been through a lot these past 10 months, and Bracebridge will not be happening this year either. The Grand Dining Hall will be silent for all. But I hope that does not make you sad. I hope instead it brings you peace, for there is healing in stillness. There will be a time once again when laughter and music will fill our lives, when we will get to hug each other and sit down for meals together. And when that day comes, we can remember the stillness and know that we are better for it. Perhaps Bracebridge Hall will be quiet this year, but its spirit lives on through its message of peace, family, and tradition. And you can expect that the next Bracebridge dinner will be a celebration like none that has ever been seen before. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Little Yo Pod. This is the last episode of 2020. I started this podcast in January and it feels like I have been at it forever. But there is still so much more to come in 2021, so keep tuning in for your Yosemite fix in the coming year. I want to thank everyone who has listened to the podcast and has given me a rating and has reached out to me over the past year. I feel like I've made some really great friends while doing this and I cannot express how grateful I am to all of you. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't have you all listening, so I really mean it when I say thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you want to know more about the Bracebridge Dinner, I will include a link in the show notes uh, to the company's website where you can find all the information you need and to get excited for the eventual return because I'm sure it's going to be a really big deal. So start making your plans for that as soon as possible. This week's fun fact... Ansel Adams uh, may be known best for his photography, but he was also a trained concert pianist, which is why he was chosen to help write and direct the early Bracebridge dinners. In fact, he used to come to the Great Lounge in the Iwani every day in the afternoons when the lighting was not good for taking photos, and that's where he practiced his music on the Steinway Grand Piano. The daily recitals drew such an audience and so much attention that the hotel started serving tea and cookies to accompany the music, and that is a tradition that continues to this day. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Little Yo Pod. I'm Laura Jackson. Thanks so much for listening and have a very happy and peaceful holiday season.